0: From the Financial Times in New York, I'm Joe Renison and this is FT News. The world is in the midst of a pension crisis. That's the topic of a new series of articles in the Financial Times and also of today's podcast. Pension funds were already struggling due to an increasingly ageing population, meaning retirees needing income for longer. But the problem is being exacerbated by record low bond yields. Retirement planning requires buying a guaranteed income, which bonds can provide, but as bond yields have fallen, meaning bond prices have risen, it has become more and more expensive to buy any given level of future income. Here to discuss the problem is John Authors, the FT senior investment commentator, and Robin Wigglesworth, US Markets Editor. Thank you for both joining today. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having
1: us. So how have we got to where we are Today? Well, it's taken an extremely long time. Bond yields peaked. If we look at the financial element of this first, bond yields peaked back in the early 1980s when Paul Volcker finally convinced the markets he had inflation under control. And they've gradually, with the occasional alarum, been declining ever since then. As you explained, that means as bond yields go down, the price it costs you to to buy. Uh, to buy an income, the cost that you've got to put on your liabilities increases. Not only that, but the rate at which it increases gets much sharper as bond yields get lower. So to go from 3 to 2% is a, is a much bigger difference than to go from 16 to 15 So the
0: problem gets worse over time.
1: And ratchets up ever more severely as it continues to fall. Add to that that uh, you've In any case, seen a big shift in the demographics that there are fewer people working, that those who are retiring are uh, staying retired for longer, and that returns. We've had two sets of uh, bubbles and bursts in the last 15, 20 years. That creates a further issue. And then finally, on top of all of this, when you look to the future, we're in a situation where bonds are obviously historically remarkably expensive. The only way stocks in this country, in the US, are anything other than remarkably expensive is if you compare them to bonds. A, 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 an appropriate, sensible estimate for where, what kind of returns we're going to be making in the future is that maybe 3 3.5% might be doable from a mixed portfolio of stocks and bonds. That's roughly half what we used to make over the last half century. So not only have the liabilities become much more expensive, but the likely ability to catch up with them is dramatically reduced. OK, I suppose the obvious
0: next question is how that impacts individuals. If if a retiree or a future retiree is listening to this, how does it actually affect them?
2: Well, I mean, lots of different people are in different types of retirement plans. Some people are in what we call defined benefit scheme or final salary scheme where you get a certain percentage of your salary at the end of service. Other people are in the defined contribution scheme where you essentially get what you've paid in yourself. Some people might get a a public pension scheme. That's very generous. But the, the backdrop against this, as John says, is the fact that bond yields are falling and the expected financial returns are falling. So if you're in a DB scheme, then the returns they have to get have just ramped up quite dramatically. And these DB schemes are quite often underfunded, quite severely. So so you're facing the fact that you might have to have some sort of restructuring of the DB schemes, and they're very hard to do. If you're a DC scheme, when it's up to you, the individual, you have to bear all the risk. You just fundamentally have to save more money. If you're going to get lower returns over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years, then you have to save far more money to get the same amount of retirement income. So fundamentally, it just means that you know the retirement outlook for millions of people in many, many countries is just a lot murkier than it used to be.
1: To try to put some numbers on that, Antti Ilmanen of uh, AQR, which is one of the big fund managers uh, here in uh, New York or in Greenwich, Connecticut, ran ran some very interesting numbers where he said that if you could assume real returns of 5.5%, which is what you've got since 1951, then you would uh, be able to uh, get by on uh, saving 8% of your income every year for 40 years. Do that and you would end up with 75% of your income in retirement. If the return goes down just to uh, 3.5%, that's two percentage points, thanks to the magic of compound interest, that means the amount you need to put away goes from 8% to 15% of your income. That's that's how important compound interest is to all of this. That's how the financial industry gets away without scaring people by citing things as annual percentages rather than absolute numbers. Bear in mind, 3.5% at the moment looks to me like an optimistic case. There are sensible suggestions that it'll be lower still, and the amount that you need to put away escalates rapidly from there.
0: It plays out slightly differently for you, you mentioned the difference between defined benefit and defined contribution. Some of that is also geographically kind of uh, dispersed between the UK and in the US with private and public pensions mm. as well. Um, could you explain a little bit about that?
1: Well, historically, DB was uh, the model in most developed countries because historically, they weren't that expensive to... Uh, to operate. Up until a few decades ago, they actually had a nice surplus into which companies could occasionally, you know, ethically and legally dip for for money. As it stands at the moment, you're at the point where it's almost 50-50 across the world between DB and DC schemes. Uh, there's been a raft of new public pension plans set up in the emerging world, almost all following, to one extent or another, the model set by Chile under Pinochet. Not a particularly pleasant regime in many ways, but did come up with a a pension reform that has worked and that has been much modelled. Those are all defined contribution. Ultimately, the risk is being taken by individuals. Ultimately, though, the point I want to make is that it doesn't matter which you go with. There is... A risk of social crisis if we don't do something to fix it either way. Either companies have to just dip in and top up DB plans with money that they can't therefore give to shareholders or use for investment, and that depresses the economy. Or individuals in DC plans have to save more and invest less and spend less, thereby depressing the economy. Uh, and that leads, I think, to the, the other very important point, is, which is that somehow or other, uh, without wanting to get too technical, most pension plans are not well set up for investing in the really long-term uh, investments that might actually make some benefits out of all this extra saving that would be going on, i.e., infrastructure projects, which you know, the country we're in here, the, the states, has a very serious problem with its uh, public infrastructure at the, this moment. Japan's infrastructure is getting tired, obviously the emerging world's infrastructure. It's very difficult to structure a pension funds so that it can benefit from infrastructure. And obviously, a lot of the, the pension funds that are in serious trouble are beginning to get much more short termist in their approach.
2: Yeah, I think John raises a very important point there that one of the reasons why bond yields are so low is because we've lowered interest rates to levels that before would have been considered fantasy land. And we've had quantitative easing programs, we've had negative interest rates, and all this was supposed to stimulate economies. But in fact, it might be having the opposite effect. If it's causing companies to be more careful and saving more money, putting more money into their pension funds, and causing individual savers and in DC schemes mm. to curtail their spending. It goes against economic orthodoxy, but perhaps low interest rates at some point are not just a matter of diminishing returns, but actually negative return when it comes to economic growth. It's hurting economic growth at this point.
0: So this, is, this has all been fairly doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. There. Are some solutions to this? So, I wonder if you could each talk a little bit about what some uh, fund managers are doing to attempt to avert uh, disaster.
1: Well, very quickly, because this gets very arcane, there's liability matching, basically buying bonds so that you make sure that you can uh, match the uh, liabilities that you have coming down the pike. The main problem there, of course, is that bonds are very expensive. Uh, There's also the approach of simply selling the whole lot to an insurer and getting them to take the risk, which again becomes less attractive as bonds uh, become more expensive, putting up the price if you're a a company for doing that. What's perhaps most intriguing is you can take more risk and hope to make greater return that could mean being ripped off by hedge funds paying high fees it could also mean and this is particularly the case in the big canadian pension funds doing very interesting things they uh, they operate ports they operate me- the new metro system in montreal for example they uh, operate lotteries around the world they own a canadian pension fund owns half of the building we are recording this in uh, and more countries can come up with the reforms that can encourage pension funds to do that kind of thing, then this might just just be turned into an opportunity.
2: Yeah, and we have a few levers we can luckily pull. Unfortunately, none of them are particularly attractive, but by pulling a combination of them, fundamentally, we have to work longer, we have to save a bit more and maybe adjust our expectations for just how comfortable retirement is going to be, Then, then we'll get there. And there aren't Particularly comfortable choices, but I think either we make them or they get made for us.
0: Exactly. So doom and gloom, but perhaps by adjusting expectations, we we end up in a slightly more palatable place. John, Robin, thank you ever so much. Thank you. You can read the full series on the pensions crisis in the paper this week and on ft. dot com.